Crave, how we doing? Wonderful. I want everyone in this room to know that you, in fact, are my favorite because you're here while everyone else is not on fall retreat. No, I'm just kidding. Those of you listening to this podcast back later, yes, we have a podcast. Just search for Crave High School Ministry, wherever podcasts can be found. I love you even if you're not here in person. But for those of you who are here, you're really my favorite. I want to ask you to think about a question. Uh, What is love? Like, how would you define it? How would you think about it? Just, just sit with it for a minute. You're going to talk to a neighbor in a moment. It's something that uh, we talk about a lot, like being in love or loving someone or something. And there's a million songs about love. And so I want to show you something tonight that maybe you've never seen in your life. These are called music videos. Yes. Once upon a time, the channel that you know as MTV used to show music videos, and it, it was awesome. Uh, and this was even still a thing when I was a kid, and not so much now. But I want to take you way back to the mid-80s. I want to introduce you to some wonderful, wonderful music just, that just questions what is love. So check this out with me. Look at that hair. Tender hug. We're keeping it church appropriate. Tender hug there at the end of the song. Any man who has hair like that and can hit that note, he should know what love is, right? Ladies, am am I right about this? Who sings that song? Not Elvis, Zoe. You didn't have to look to know that was you. Who sings it? Adults in the room? Foreigner. Yeah, Foreigner. That song came out in 1984. I was still two years away from being born. Most of you were more than a decade away. All right, so that's our first song tonight. It, I, I want to know what love is. That's kind of where we're going tonight. Uh, but if you have experienced love, how do you know it's the real thing? I'm going to take you to arguably one of the greatest female vocalists of all time. I hope you really enjoy the 80s aesthetic here. Check it out. Who sings that? Whitney, Whitney, Tina Turner. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, the late, great Whitney Houston. Uh, How will you know? Has anybody ever wondered that? Like, how will I know if it's for real? Talks about you can't trust your feelings. It's a great song. Now, that song came out in 1985. I'm going to jump us way up to 1993, a song that maybe you've heard if you've ever watched Saturday Night Live classic clips. Check this one out. What is wrong? Give me a sign. 
gonna be honest, I have no idea what's going on in that video, and I watched it many times this week. That guy, this is his go-to dance move, is just like the peace sign across the eyes. Yeah, has anybody ever heard that song before? Okay, yeah. Um, what is love? Uh, if you really want to enjoy some 80s and 90s vibes, go home and check those songs out tonight. Those videos are all readily available on YouTube. Uh, what is love? How will I know? You're wanting to know what love actually is. Do this for me. Take about 30 seconds, turn to somebody or somebody's sitting kind of near you, and come up with a definition for love. Go right now. Talk. All right, all right, all right. Shh, who's got a definition for me? What, what is love? All right, right here. Wanting what's best for someone. I like that. That's good. That's good. Somebody else, give me a definition for love. Zoe. Your rock, like that person that you can never hate. Your person, to put it in Grey's Anatomy language, right? Okay. Anybody else? What is love? Obedience. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Steven. One more time. It's beautiful. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could, again, you could listen to a million love songs. You can read, you know, Shakespeare. You can come up with all these different definitions. I'll tell you what I came up with, and this is just me. I, I put love as sacrifice and submitting. So if you find somebody that you really love, someone that you really care about, you will sacrifice for them. You will give of yourself so that they can have. And then you'll submit. It's a mutual submission. I know this can be a very sticky passage if you want to get into Ephesians chapter 5, but uh, I have no problem going to my wife and saying, hey, like, you can call this shot. Um, and she has said that to me, and it's a, it's a wonderfully humbling thing when you really love somebody to say, hey, you, you, can, you can call the shot, and I'm going to go with you on this. Uh, and that's, that's what I came up with. Again, you can, you can define it a lot of different ways, but we are going to look at really what Jesus says. And it, it's pretty simple. If you've got your Bibles, we're in John 14. We're still in this series, Upper Room, as you can see. Uh, we're just walking through verse by verse what Jesus said to the disciples in the Upper Room. And as you're turning there, uh, I'll tell you, we're in John 14, 15 through 31. We're not going to read every verse tonight for the sake of time, but we're going to read some of them. Jesus says this in John 14, 15, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. So you guys over here talking about obedience, you were, you were right on it. You were right on it. Jesus says, if you're really going to say that you love me, you have to do what I say. There's, there's no way around this. You cannot say you love Jesus and then just not do what he says. That's not how it works. Now, most of us in this room would probably say, yeah, I, lo I love Jesus, right? Like I'm here at church. I came of my own volition. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some of you got your arm twisted and you got made to come. I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I love Jesus. But, but what does that mean? What does it really mean to love Jesus? Because I think we can compare and contrast love with being lukewarm. Now, that's a term that shows up in the Bible. 
Uh, if you specifically want to go to Revelation 3, we'll put it on the screen. You don't have to turn there. This is Jesus speaking prophetically to the church at Laodicea. Uh, I don't have time to unpack all of this, but, but this is what he says. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. He said, I wish you were hot. I mean, it was a little bit cold this morning, right? Maybe some of y'all had a nice hot beverage that felt great. Or in the middle of the day, once it warmed up, maybe you're outside and you're sweaty. It's nice to have a nice cold beverage. But he says, you're, you're neither one of those things. You're just, you're like that bottle of water that just kind of rolls around in your back seat for a week. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'll drink this. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's lukewarm. It's not good. And he says, because of that, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, this word spit, this is the only time this word shows up in the, in the Greek. The only time in the whole New Testament. The word is ameo. Everybody say ameo. Congratulations, you learned some Greek. You can go home and tell people, I learned Greek today. They'll be super impressed. Ameo. It means vomit. Literally gagging. So look what Jesus is saying. You say you love me, but you really don't. And that makes me want to throw up. Think about the last time you threw up. Was that a wonderful experience for you? Maybe you made it to the toilet. Maybe you didn't. I don't know. But even as I describe this, you remember the smell. You remember the way your mouth starts to generate some extra saliva right before it's that time. And like all of a sudden you're like, I gotta go. Yeah, and maybe your stomach doesn't hurt after, but still, you know, you brush your teeth and it's like, I still threw up. Like it's, it's there. It, it hangs with you. Throw up is gross. And like, why am I emphasizing this? Because Jesus says, if you're lukewarm, if you're like kind of in, kind of out towards me, it makes me want to throw up. I think the term lukewarm Christian is an oxymoron. I, I just don't think it's real. I don't think it exists. You either love Jesus or you do not. Well, Kevin, you're being super black and white and you're being kind of harsh. Maybe. But, but I don't think so. Look again. If you love me, obey my commandments. And it's not the only time he says that in this passage. Scro scroll down or flip down in your Bible. John 14, 21. He says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. He jumps down to verse 23 and 24. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. So Jesus is making it pretty clear. If, if you love him, you'll obey him. Your life will show it. See, if you're lukewarm, you're just kind of half in, half out. Uh, this is a great book. I read this book a long time ago. I've read it many times through the years. It's called Crazy Love. It's by Francis Chan. I've probably recommended it from this stage before. Uh, he has a chapter in here called Profile of the Lukewarm. And I'll share, he's got probably 10 or 12 things in here. But I'll share a couple with you that I think are particularly poignant. He says, lukewarm people don't really want to be saved from their sin. They want only to be saved from the penalty of their sin. You see the difference there? Someone who's lukewarm, like, you're not mad that you sinned. You just don't want to get in trouble. There's a huge difference. He says, lukewarm people say they love Jesus, and he is indeed a part of their lives, but only a part. They're given a section of their time, their money, their thoughts, but he isn't allowed to control their lives. So maybe you're half in, half out, and you're like, yeah, I mean, Jesus, you can be in charge on Sunday, but the other six days are mine. That's lukewarm. I don't, I don't know that that's real. 
Lukewarm people love God, but they do not love him with all their heart, soul, and strength. They would be quick to assure you that they try to love God that much, but that sort of total devotion really isn't possible for the average person. That's only for pastors and missionaries and radicals. That's what Jesus calls all of us to, to love him with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. I don't say any of the things I'm saying right now to try to make you question your salvation. Like, please don't walk out of here and be like, oh no, crisis of the faith. Like, I thought I knew Jesus, but based on what you're saying, like, I do mess up, so I must not be a Christian. I need to get saved again and baptized again. That's not what I'm trying to get you to do at all. If you follow Jesus for any amount of time, you know it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be an uphill climb. It's going to require you to kind of go against the grain. And sometimes that's hard. It just is. And sometimes you will mess up. Grace abounds. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says that his mercy is new each morning. Like every day is a chance to start over in Jesus, which is wonderful, beautiful news. But what I would say to some of us is, it's not that we're passionately following Jesus, like we're going this direction, going this direction, going this direction. Every once in a while, we slip and stumble kind of back this way. Some of us are really more focused over here, like we care a lot more about our pet sins or our indulgences or whatever, and every once in a while we'll kind of turn over here and look at Jesus, but mostly we're focused over here. It's not that you every once in a while slip up and stumble, it's that this is a persisting, intentional lifestyle that's a defining part of who you are. That's very different than I struggle with this sometimes. This is I embrace this willingly versus I'm going to fight against this. Like, do you, does that make sense? Is this getting through to anybody? Everyone's just looking at me like I'm crazy. I saw one person nod their head, so great. If you are willfully, purposefully choosing sin on a daily, consistent basis, I would just ask you to think about, do you really love Jesus? Not, I mess up sometimes, I struggle, it's hard. That's normal. But you have to know your heart, and I, don't, I can't know that for you. But I would challenge you to think about, do you really love Jesus? Do you obey him? Do you obey his commandments? Do you even know what he asks you to do? When's the last time you sat down and spent any amount of time in God's word to know what Jesus wants from you? Just in this section of scripture that we've been in, if you were to go back to John 13, Jesus says this, I give you a new commandment to love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. If you want a measuring stick in your life for how much you really actually love Jesus, look at how you love people. If you cast people aside, if you treat them as worthless, if you only are in that relationship for what you can get out of it, it's very possible, in fact, probable that you treat Jesus the same way. You only come to him when you need something. You're only in that relationship for what you can get out of it. You're not heartbroken over your sin. You just don't want to be punished for it. And I would just say, like, that's a fearful, awful way to try to live. I think a lot of people live under that burden, and then the reason they walk away from the church is because there's nothing fulfilling about that. It's just a heavy, heavy burden, and Jesus says that his load is light. But as far as loving people, I want you to see some of these verses. We'll move through them quickly. You can jot down the reference. 1 John 3, 14 through 15 says, If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. This is pulling no punches. 
you love people, it's a good indicator that you probably love God. But if you don't love people, it says you're a murderer at heart. That's some harsh language. 1 John 4, verse 20 says, If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God who we can't see? It's easy to come in here and go, yeah, I love God. I'm going to close my eyes and sing these songs to God. And you walk out of here and you treat people in your life like trash. Those two things just don't go together. If you love me, obey my commandments. That's what Jesus says to us. 1 John 2 says, we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey his commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. John has a lot to say about this. How you treat people in your life, how you love people, is a strong indicator of whether you actually love Jesus or not. And again, I'm not trying to scare you, but I just think it's easy to say you're a Christian. It's harder to live it out and have fruit. And that's what Jesus says we'll be judged by. I've been doing this youth pastor thing a long time. And one of the things that scares me, one of the things I think about a lot is just students that I've known over the years that I just fear I won't see one day in eternity. Because Jesus himself, speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, says this, The gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few will ever find it. In the same breath, he says that the highway to hell is broad. It's packed. And I just wonder, do you come in here and like you talk a good talk? You know how to kind of speak Christianese. You know how to say and do the right things around the right people, but, but you don't really know Jesus. Your heart is far from him. If I were to come and follow you around for a week, how obedient are you to the words of Jesus? Do you love obeying Jesus? Because when you love somebody, you have no problem submitting to what they have for you. If you go a little bit further down, back in our kind of parent text here, John 14, verses 16 and 17, talks about uh, what it's like for those of us who do know Jesus. He says, I'll ask the Father, he'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. So if you're sitting here and you're like, okay, I, I need to grow in this. Like, I'm pretty sure I know Jesus, but like, how do I grow in my relationship? How do I grow in my obedience to Christ? Jesus says, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, it's better that I leave because I'm physically here in a body in one place. The Holy Spirit can indwell my people and be with you and lead you into all truth. And the Holy Spirit also gives us something else that the world cannot give us, peace. He says, peace of mind and heart, peace that the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid, John 14, 27. I don't know the last time you turned on the news, but it's pretty rough out there. You don't even have to turn on the news. It's pretty rough in your schools. It might be rough in your home. It might be rough right here in your own head. And what Jesus says is, if you love me and my spirit is within you, I'll give you peace. And some of us have just been chasing peace in all the wrong places and you're not finding it. And I just want to invite you to consider Jesus. So as I make that invitation, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And as they're coming, I really just have one simple question for you to consider tonight. Do I really love Jesus? 
We're not going to raise hands. I'm not going to ask for any kind of indicator like that. But I, I want you to really think about this because how you answer this question determines not only the course of your life in this world, but what happens to you in the life to come. I hope you notice this. I, I never really get up here and do the, if you die tonight, where would you go? Like, I'm not trying to scare you into heaven. Like, that's not my style. I don't think it's effective. But, but I am just asking you to consider the fact that one day you will leave this world. I hope that all of you die of old age in your bed surrounded by your loved ones. But the fact is, that's not how most of us go. Do you really love Jesus? Has he transformed your heart and mind? Have you passed from death to life so that when you do leave this life behind, you can step into the next one that is better, that is spent with him? But if you remember what we talked about at the beginning of this chapter last week, you can be in his house forever because there's plenty of room. Do you really love Jesus? That's only a question for you. you you're the only one who can answer that. So as the band plays here in just a minute, I'm going to invite you. If you want to stand and sing, cool. If you want to just sit and kind of wrestle through some of this and pray about it and talk to God, I, I invite you to do that as well. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for loving us, even though we don't deserve that love. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die that we may live. I believe that there's probably somebody in this room, God, who would say they love you, they talk the talk, but they don't actually walk the walk. I pray you would draw them close, that your spirit would begin to knock on the door of their heart, that maybe this evening they would pass from death to life. For those of us who have, God, would you just help us to love you with our actions, to show you our love by how we treat the people in our lives, by how we live our lives. Speak to us now in this time. We love you and commit this time to you. It's in Christ's name.